Chapter One of The Untempered Wind. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Peary. The Untempered Wind by Joanna Wood. Chapter One. Consider this that in the course of justice none of us should see salvation it was early spring the maples were but budding the birds newly come and restless the sky more gray than blue and the air still sharp with a tang of frost jamestown's streets however looked both bright and busy groups of children went to school hurrying out to the street and looking this way and that for a companion a mother came to a gate with a little girl and pointing now to right now to left seemed to give her directions which way to go the little girl started bravely she wore a pink cap and carried a new school bag hurry on a girl called to her and she advanced uncertainly a hesitating dignity born of the new school bag forbade a decided run her friend's haste forbade her to linger they met and passed on together an old man with ophthalmia feeling his way with a stick and muttering to himself with loose lips went by two brothers crossed the street together one swinging along easily smoking a pipe and carrying an axe over his shoulder the other advancing with that spasmodic appearance of haste which seems the only gait to which crutches can be compelled an alert dog rushed madly up the middle of the street pausing abruptly now and then to look round him with sharp interrogation as if daring anything to come on his challenge was vain and he was fain to solace himself by scattering a convention of sparrows dashing into the midst of them and sending the birds up into the maples followed by insulting yelps in reply to which they twittered their derision homer wilson drove his team of heavy brown horses through the street at a trot his sinewy frame clad in weather-beaten blue jeans his hat pushed far back on his head as if to emphasize the defiant breadth of his forehead the woman still strained her eyes after the little girl now only distinguishable by the brightness of her cap they say that mothers often watch by the gateways of life the grocery man passed to open his store the baker and butcher were already busy through this scene of busy commonplace interest and bustle passed a woman somewhat below the average height and of strong but symmetrical build her face was downbent and almost hidden in the depths of a dark sunbonnet of calico all that could well be discerned in this shadow were two soft sorrowful eyes pale cheeks and down-drooped lips no one spoke to her and she addressed no one she went from place to place out of one shop into another with downcast eyes and with something of that swift directness with which a bird startled from its nest at evening darts with folded wings from covert to covert she was myron holder a mother but not a wife when under no more sacred canopy than the topaz of a summer sky with no other bridal hymn than the chorale of the wind among the trees 
in obedience to no law but the voice of nature and the pleading of loved lips with no other security than the unwitnessed oath of a man a woman gives herself utterly then she is doubtless lost but it must be remembered that the law she breaks is an artificial law enacted solely for her protection and it must be conceded that there may be a great and self-subversive generosity which permits her to give her all assuming bonds of sometimes dreadful weight whilst the recipient goes his way unshackled uncondemned there may be nothing to be said in defence of myron holder but there is much that could be told only with bleeding lips written only by a pen dipped in wormwood of the attitude of her fellows towards her the world of to-day sees its madonna with haloed head standing amid lilies the world of her day saw neither nimbus nor flowers they saw what to their unbelieving eyes was but her shame let those who jeer with righteous lips at women such as this poor village outcast remember that the meek made mother whom they adore perchance shrank before the cruel taunts and pointing fingers of women at the doorways and the wells myron holder left the butcher's to go to the grocery store from thence she crossed diagonally to mrs warner's the woman who half an hour before had looked so lingeringly after her child myron stood at the back door waiting whilst mrs warner came downstairs to answer her knock mrs deans wanted to know if mrs warner would lend her the quilting frames mrs warner would mrs warner was a very good woman therefore she looked unutterable contempt at myron holder and left her on the doorstep whilst she brought out the heavy wooden quilting frames mrs warner's husband drove the mail wagon which made one trip daily to the city and back to jamestown he would in one hour as his wife very well knew pass mrs dean's door but she did not consider that and as she had watched her own child out of sight so she watched myron holder's laden form pass down the street out into the country a large basket in one hand and the heavy quilting frames over her shoulder pressing sorely upon the sacred mother bosom already yearning for the easing child lips when clear of the village myron holder slackened her pace a little and setting the basket down for a moment turned back the deep scoop of her sunbonnet that the cooling wind might breathe its benison upon her cheeks flushed with shame and hot from the exertion of her rapid walk with her burden stooping slowly down sideways she reached her basket and taking it up proceeded on her way her face shone forth from the dark folds of her sunbonnet and seemed by its purity of line and expression to give the lie to the eyes filmed by acknowledged shame only filmed however for the eyes themselves held no vile meanings no defiant avowal of guilt no hint of sinful knowledge no glance of callous indifference 
she walked on steadily the spongy earth beneath her feet seeming to breathe forth the essence of spring as it inhaled the warmth of the sunshine presently the sound of wheels came to her she strove with her burdened hand to brush forward the sheltering folds of her sunbonnet but in vain as her haste defeated its object her cheeks were shrouded but in a flaming blush as homer wilson drove past he stared at her steadily but she did not raise her eyes and he passed on his springless wagon jolted over all the stones and inequalities of the country roads just as homer wilson neither brushed aside obstacles nor skirted them when they opposed his path but in his obstinate hard-headed way rode roughshod over them feeling perhaps the hurt of their opposition but never showing that he did again there was silence on the road it was too early yet for any insect life and the sparrows did not fly so far from the houses but above in the wind was the swallow chasing itself at its own wild will the flush for a space died out of her cheeks as she continued on her way the snake fence changed to a neat board one that in turn gave place to one of ornate wire in the middle of this was a little gate which she passed then came a wider five-barred gate through which she entered and found her way to the rear of a large white frame house standing in an old apple orchard her steps were bent to the cook-house an erection of unplaned pine boards where in summer the kitchen work of mrs dean's household was carried on before myron holder crossed its threshold she sent one long look over to the left where leafless yet and gray save where a cedar made a sullen blotch of green the trees of mr dean's woodland bounded her vision in a semicircular sweep as she turned her to the doorway a new expression had found place within her eyes upon her lips poignant but indecipherable for resolution resignation and despair are sometimes so analogous as to be inseparable end of chapter one